But I tell you, don't underestimate strength. It's even more, after 50, it's more important than aerobics. And uh, you really got to take care of that. Most people know what they should be doing. They just don't do it. Welcome to The Ziggler Show, where we inspire your true performance. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and today we go behind the scenes with Lee Cockerell, our guest in show 525 just prior to this show. Lee spent 10 years as executive vice president of Disney, where he was in charge of the entire magical kingdom, many resort properties, and 40,000 employees. He gave us a great message. Don't miss that interview. Today, we walk through his habits for success, going over the seven spokes in the the Ziggler wheel of life. Some highlights. He works to maintain the same weight that he was in the army at the age of 20. Today, he's 74. He has a Starbucks decaf every day. Uh, He's on no medication, great blood pressure. He spends a lot of time with family and stresses to his employees to never miss family events or family in general, even for work. He views his brain as having malleable software and works with experts to help him manage and succeed. He grew up poor, feels that that hardwires the brain. And today he's still frugal driving a decade old car and relies on his financial advisors. Spiritually, he says, I need to do some work. Uh, He's had some rough times and has felt like sometimes he's been the bad guy and he wants to always be becoming a better person. He built his career on discipline and empathy and admits he loves public speaking because he needs the people clap. You can get Lee's four books, his online time management course, and subscribe to Lee's Creating Disney Magic podcast at LeeCockerell.com. That's C-O-C-K-E-R-E-L-L. So if you're ready, let's come and get inspired and equipped. All right, Lee. Well, here we talk about the habits, the Ziggler wheel of life and the seven spokes of success. And you hit on some of those in our prior show and you actually talked a good bit, uh, or alluded to at least about just the, the value, the necessity of physical health, uh, always, but I think you are also referring somewhat to later in life and some of your own journey. So I'm, I'm eager to hear that. We'll dive in right there. Tell us what you're doing. What are your habits in your physical, the physical realm of your life? Yeah. Well, I think it all comes back to that time management, keeping your life under control. So, and as far as my health, I, I tell people, I weigh exactly what I did when I got out of the army, when I was 20. And, uh, I do that on purpose. I watch it very carefully because I know getting overweight can really become a problem for your health. I work out almost every day on a Stairmaster. I have strength training twice a week with a trainer I go to. And people say, what do you do strength training for? And I say, because I don't want to fall and break a hip because I'm in that ozone, that obituary zone. You know, (laughs) break a hip. It's the beginning of the end. And you can bone density. This is a big deal. And most people that need it are people that are above 50 you start losing bone density and then you make that fall and you break your femur you break a hip and so i do that and uh, so i'm in good shape i uh, i'm 74 years old and i'm going crazy and <laughs> i can still bring my 12 foot ladder in the house and change light bulbs and but i tell you don't underestimate strength it's even more after 50 it's more important than aerobics and uh, you really got to take care of that it's in the abdominal i mean it's uh, core it's we all know that, but we kind of ignore it, and uh, you're going to pay for that. It's not going to be fun. You're going to be in a wheelchair or a walker and you, longer than you want to. 
So that's my story. And my grandkids adore me. They don't want me to die yet. So I have to take care of myself. Hey, that I understand. I, I understand that. Not as much as you do, but I'm, I'm hitting that spot now. What about on the nutritional side, just diet wise? Yeah, I, I uh, actually, I go to Starbucks every morning and have one cup of decaf coffee. <laughs> then I come home and I usually have some fruit and a couple pieces of toast. I try to eat a salad for lunch. There's so many great places today. I go to a place called Freshies. I go to Whole Foods where they have a salad bar. I do that. And uh, I'm just pretty careful. And then I just keep, ch- I get my physical twice a year, actually. I see my doctor twice a year. I just got the blood work this morning. Make sure everything's okay. I see all my doctors. I just got a cataract removed. I saw that doctor yesterday. I uh, see my heart specialist. Make sure I'm doing okay. I check. I just check them off, you know. And it's really your health appointments, your medical appointments. And I guess I'm a good patient because I do what the doctor tells me, mm. and uh, I don't take any medication. So uh, so far, so good. You know, my blood pressure's good. I pay attention to that. And most people know what they should be doing. They just don't do it. So yeah. <laughs> there you go, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, how about on the family side? And you have talked with uh, adoration, I can hear in your voice, about your family. What do you do? What are the, the proactive, the intentional things that you do to keep your family life well, your relationships well? Well, even when I was working all those years, and it's a tough business, the hotel and entertainment business, and I was working a lot. I go to work six in the morning, get home at seven at night after going to the gym for an hour before I came home. And but I didn't do anything else after that. But I spent the weekend with my wife, and we'd go to lunch or go antiquing or do whatever she wanted to do. And uh, I, with my son too, I talked to him once about it, and I said, Daniel, uh, did you ever realize I was traveling all week? And he said, No. Because I talked to him every night. I made sure I was home on Friday for his football game. I was at every event. I flew back from Japan once to be at his last football game. And um, I figure after they're 13, they don't care if you're there or not. So. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, I spent a lot of time with my family. We do everything. Our grandkids all grew up a mile from us. Uh, we spend all the times together. We have dinner together on Sunday night. Uh, I'm available for them 24-7. They know it. And uh, it's been fun. My grandkids are 22, 19, and 16 now. So uh, uh, they have lots of concerns sometimes they want to talk about. And it's easier to talk to your grandparents because we know everything. Of course. There you go. Well, that's interesting. In our last show with you, just from a customer service standpoint, we talked a lot about what you just spoke there that you also embrace for your family of always being available. Uh, it's interesting to see that thread come along here that even as you are working a lot, admittedly and, and traveling, is that something that was a priority? Did it ever come into play with your associates that, uh, you're you know, in a sense, family, family first to a degree? Well, I think I set the right message. My I, Everybody that worked with me knew that they can go. I always told them, don't you ever miss anything that your kid's uh, involved in, the little play on the first grade or where they're supposed to be singing at Christmas. You always go to those things. Never let me find out you didn't take care of your family first. When I did that, they saw I did it. And they knew they could do it. They were happier. And I know a lot of people just stay at work and miss uh, in, important things. It's unbelievable what people miss. And I don't want to ever be responsible for that. And so, uh, no, I, I really encourage, we got, you got to have a life Mm -hmm. and, uh, 
And the most important thing is that first grade when your little son's supposed to be singing Christmas carols and none of the kids sing, but you got to be there anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to mm-hmm. take the pictures. You got to, and they want to see you. They want to see mom and dad out in that audience. You're building them up mm-hmm. and uh, tell them how great they were. And uh, all those things matter. Yeah, you're, you're putting the right software in their brain instead of the wrong stuff. So, and you know, I have a big problem because I suffered from pretty high anxiety and depression a few years ago when my wife almost died. She, two years, she went through bad health issue and it was close call, but wow. I ended up with uh, depression. I ended up with anxiety, had to get treated. And it turns out the psychiatrist told me, Lee, I said, why did I get depressed? I'm under stress my whole life. He said, business stress is one thing, but you cannot handle personal things. If you think your wife or your grandkids are going to get in trouble or die, or, and I know that now. I mean, I know that. I guess maybe that's why I spend so much time with my family. I, it's really the center of our, our life and my life because business is no big deal. But, and I think that's because the way I grew up, uh, kind of disruptive and, and uh and uh, my grandmother was my rock and uh, I got taken away from her when I was little. And the doctor told me that's a form of abandonment when you're mm-hmm. two or three years old. And then when you thought your wife was going to die, that was another form of abandonment. And your brain came rushing back and put you into this state of anxiety and depression and you were losing control because I'm a control person too. So all those, and the stock market went down to 6,000. So <laughs> I was in triple jeopardy. Yeah. And, uh, so I've really learned now how to handle that better. I do a lot of meditation and a lot of exercise, and I still see a psychiatrist. I still take the medication because I don't want to end up back there again. And uh, I had to pay a lot of attention to that, those things that are up in your brain. You don't realize they're there, and they come back and haunt you. And you don't even know how they got there. might have happened when you were two years old. You don't remember how you were treated or spoken to. Who knows? But uh, it's up there. We all have issues. Well, we do. So, okay. That's, I'm curious there. Our, our next spoke is mental and how you keep well and healthy and, and, and in your mental edge. And, uh, you talked there about, you know, the software in our brains and then also talking about the relevance of tragedy and trauma and how that plays in and those, uh, that hardwiring in essence. And so I, you know, you right there, yeah. you talked about, you were taken away from a grandmother at an early age and that, that left some hardwiring in there. Your it came back when your wife then almost passed away. And now you're seeing, I, I appreciate that you're seeing, you said you have a, a psychologist or, or therapist that you're consistently seeing. Uh, what, so tell yeah, us about the I really side. get the mental part now. I didn't yeah. understand that. You know what I used to think about depressed people? Huh. I, I thought used to think, what's their problem? Why don't they pull themselves together? Boy, did I learn a good lesson. And when I had it, I stopped speaking. I quit all my work and I started doing meditation every morning. I saw a psychologist on Mondays. I saw a psychiatrist every two weeks. I did acupuncture on Wednesdays. I exercised every day. I, my new job was to get better because you got to fight it. You can't, you need to get help because when you have it, you don't want to do anything. I mean, it's like you sit on the couch and it's horrible. I didn't even care if I saw my grandkids. That's how bad it was. And I never want to go back there again. Yeah. So I think a lot about how to, I quit drinking caffeine. I quit watching any cat TV that was violent. I started staying. I quit watching the news. I said, we started watching Andy Griffin. <laughs> that was much more, yeah. better than CNN. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we just put ourselves in a different place to relax and uh, 
I took the sugar out of my diet because that that's bad for anxiety, as is caffeine, as diet sodas. So I really got smarter about what's affecting my brain, and I, I could see a change as I went through those diet changes and and routine changes. And I think most people out there, if they'll get involved in this, they can fix the number of ex- people under anxi- anxiety today in the U.S. is record levels. I mean, it's way up there, and it's going to get worse. I think. Goodness. Well, our next one's financial, though. I want to take just a second to thank the sponsors who helped bring us this show today. All right, Lee, the next one here is financial. And obviously, you have achieved a great level of financial success. So if there's things that you're doing today that are part of your healthy habits, your finances, or even the things that you did back back in past days that helped lead to the financial success that you have today. What are the habits that you instilled there? Well, part of it's a problem because I grew up poor and then my mother was always worried about money and that goes up there in your hardwired brain too. Mm -hmm. So, but we were frugal, my wife and I, we uh, didn't need all the big stuff. We had cities we lived in. We didn't even have a car and went took public transportation Currently today, my wife's driving her car, which is, uh, let's see, uh, 10 years old, and mine is 11, because hmm. uh, we don't need those things to let anybody know who we are. Now, she won't let me park at the driveway. She said it's too beat up. I have to put it in the back. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we're just very frugal. I have two financial advisors. I separated them, my investments, into two so I could watch how each one took it on. I have a good tax accountant that advises me on what to do, not do, and uh, we don't have any debt. We have always lived frugally, and uh, and uh, but we do have the things, you know, we like to travel, so we would spend our money on travel before a new car, probably, mm-hmm. and go to new places. We just went to Russia and Hong Kong and Thailand and all these places, and I learned a lot doing that, and uh, so we just... Uh, I think I, one thing I've done is to trust my financial advisors. I've known one of them for 30 years and the other one for about 15. I trust them. They take care of me. We have ups and downs in the market. I don't ever take any money out of the market. And uh, a lot of people sell when the market went down in 87, 500 points. A lot of my friends sold everything and came rushing back. And uh, 07, 08, the market went down to 6,000. And now it's at almost 25,000. And a lot of people sold back then. And uh, you got to have people advising you that you trust because uh, if it probably was up to me, I would have done the same thing. But they, they, I trusted them and they said, nope, just leave it alone. Lee. Let it go. And so those have ex- again, I just keep going back. Have experts helping you. Yeah. That'll help your confidence. Well, next spoke is spiritual. So that aspect of your life, I know you mentioned meditation, if that's a part of it, but what do you do? What are the, what are your habits on that side of that, that side of the world? Well, you know, that's one I need to get more work on. I, I really, when I went through with my wife and then another time we had some other issues and I ended up with anxiety a second time. And I must say, uh, I questioned my spiritual beliefs sometimes during that period. It was the roughest time I've ever been through in my life. And many of the things have happened in our life. But eventually, you know, I I come back around to I need to believe and I need to to not blame anybody else. And I need to uh, I think about that a lot. I think every I must say I used to be a bad guy kind of. I didn't treat people very well. I wake up every morning now and try to think, how can I be a better person? And how can I go out and help make somebody's day? And how can I help somebody today? 
and uh, whoever it is. I meet with somebody almost every morning, whether it's just some kid that wants to talk to me or somebody needs some help, uh, needs some encouragement or they need some and friends who needed some money. We gave them because they were in a tough time and I used to be the taker. Now I think I'm the giver and hopefully I'm making a difference in people's lives that way. Well, absolutely. You're giving us your message. That's why we're here today. The next one here, career, and you have a book. I got it sitting in front of me, Career Magic. (laughs) Obviously, you got a few things there, but you know, in looking at your career and the trajectory of where you've been, what are some things that you've done in the past and, and maybe do so now as well, just to keep things fit in your career world? Well, I would tell anybody listening out there, I'll guarantee you the number one thing I think is without a doubt, the reason I was successful and the reason they will be is attitude. I have a great attitude. And now I also said, when you don't have a college degree, you better have a good attitude. People <laughs> will help you. They like you. They, If you're available and you do whatever needs to be done and you take on the hard work, attitude is everything. And then uh, I think the other side is this discipline, you know, uh, being organized enough that I can take on whatever they give me, I can get it done, whether I get it done or I get somebody to do it, but they will, it will be a finished and discipline and empathy, I think are two of the big things to make you successful and for you to be able to live with yourself, the discipline to do the hard things, get the right things done and the empathy to understand where people are coming from and how you can uh, step in and, and everybody's different and you can't treat everybody the same and you got to understand those things. So discipline and empathy, uh, has helped my career dramatically. I think probably the main reasons. And, uh, I guess the third part is I really kind of, I'm very curious. I love to learn. I didn't now it's funny in high school. I didn't like to learn. I did terrible. Sure. I, didn't, I don't even think I took my books home. I remember nothing about school. I mean, it was like a joke, but then all of a sudden I got out in the workforce and got exposure and experience and people started showing me how to do things. And then I, Back in the 60s, I was listening to tapes, you know, yeah. and now, of course, today with the Internet from YouTube channels, I can take any course I want. And I still like to do that because uh, even when I go to give speeches, I try to go the day before so I can sit in all day in the speech and learn what they're talking about, whatever. I was just with the sheriffs of Florida the other day. All the sheriffs in Florida had a meeting. I went early so I could sit in. It was very interesting what they were talking about, about crisis management and about all this kind of stuff going on now with the public not being happy with the police. And and so I walk out of there, I gave my speech, I got paid and uh, I learned a lot. Yeah. People have opportunities to do this every day, get more exposure, quit sitting at home on the couch, watching uh, the real housewives. (laughs) Absolutely. So are you telling us you were executive vice president of Disney without a college degree? I was, and boy, is that a miracle? <laughs> well, you make me feel better. I'm one of those guys too. I, uh, I barely made it out of high school and don't remember much of it. So, uh, yeah. so, so thank you. We're part of the club. Hey, last one here then is personal and you just, what do you do for, for you just to fulfill yourself? You talked, you mentioned travel. So I'm assuming that's a big part of it, which goes in line with your vocation as it has been. But, uh, yeah. So what are some of the things there? Well, the personal things in my life, kind of in this order, is I love to be around my grandkids. So we go to to Boulder to visit our granddaughters in college, and we go to Miami to visit our grandson. They'll all be here tomorrow. I think she's getting in today. Uh, We like to travel, and we have friends all over the world. We like to go there and be with them. Often we travel with friends. Just came back from a river cruise 
uh, in Hungary and and the uh, Czech Republic with some friends. And frankly, I like public speaking and giving seminars. Somebody said, why? I said, because people clap. <laughs> I want to be loved. <laughs> and they like me. And uh, when I play golf, nobody claps. So I quit playing <laughs> golf. <laughs> and, uh, I like so I like what I'm doing. I, I do it for free all the time. I don't charge the military. I went to Baghdad during the war and did 13 seminars during the Iraqi war with a general. I, I do it for free for military. I just did three with different sheriff's departments. Uh, I mean, it's just fun because then they call me up and say, wow, we never thought of that. Could you help us? And I said, sure, why not? I could sit at home and watch TV or I can go help somebody. <laughs> and then occasionally people pay me <laughs> and that's even better. Well, thank you for being here and helping us today. I appreciate you didn't charge me. Thank you, Lee. I'll take that into account. <laughs> and uh, I just appreciate your gift and for taking us behind the scenes. Uh, it's a gift. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. So I'm wondering, what habit did you resonate with? What inspired you? Uh, let Lee and the Ziegler team know by leaving a review in iTunes. That's a great way to thank us. Well, you can get, again, Lee's four books, the online time management course, and subscribe to Lee's Creating Disney Magic podcast at LeeCockerell.com. That's C-O-C-K-E-R-E-L-L. Coming up next in show 527, we ask about your reality. Is it real or is it only as you perceive it to be and can you alter it right now? Are you limiting yourself and merely need a paradigm shift to dramatically catapult your life for the better in a short amount of time? This is somewhat a continuation of show 524, where we listen to a clip from Zig Ziglar on our true potential. If you missed that, go listen to it at show 524. Today, coming from that same message from Zig, I asked on my Agent K. Miller Facebook page, do you believe reality is in fact real, that it is concrete and black and white, or do you believe reality is what we make of it? The Facebook comments really brought up some interesting perspectives on this. Michelle Prince and I took you took you through them, uh, walked through them in hopes of helping us all alter what we perceive as our reality. And I'll tell you, it really brought up some interesting things I had not, for one, thought about before and it points a lot to changing our beliefs well till then thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together 